Welcome to another episode of Books, Kids, and Creations with Tracy Bloom. Uh, I feature people who uplift and inspire children with their work. And today I have the honor and privilege of speaking with Melissa Shapiro and her little, little tiny dog piglet. Thank you for being here, Melissa. Hi, thanks for having us. Yes. Oh, he's 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 thrilled to be here too, I see. <laughs> He's going to take a nap soon. <laughs> well, um, for those who do not know, Melissa and her little baby there, Piglet, I guess he's not really a baby anymore, but um, Melissa is a veterinarian and um, she fostered or began to foster a little dog named Piglet who came to her through a hoarding situation and um, she took him in and lo and behold, Piglet has transformed your family, your life, everything about your whole entire world has been turned into this whole new exciting experience because of Piglet. So how did how did you come to find Piglet? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I I am a veterinarian, as you said, and I do a lot of dog rescue work. I have for many years, my whole career pretty much. I, we adopted, I, and I have a husband and a family, so it's not just me, but I, we adopted a dog from a rescue group down in Georgia when, uh, six years before Piglet showed up. So, uh, that was Gina, who is deaf in one ear. She's a double Merle, uh, Australian Shepherd Border Collie mix. And when I adopted her from the group down there, which is Colbert Veterinary Rescue Services, she, uh, the director, the founding director of that organization is a veterinarian. So we connected and we, we became friends. So six, and we kept in touch over the years, but six years later, she sent me an email that she had uh, this little dog piglet who wasn't piglet then he was Bart, but uh, deaf, uh, blind and probably deaf that he would need, was looking for a home. Did I know anybody? And I offered to foster him. And I told my husband, um, it would be temporary, very temporary. So that that's how we came across Piglet. Yes, because you have kind of a full house. You have dogs and you have birds and kids yeah. and a husband and it's already a full house there, but you you said love found a way. Which yeah. I think yes. is beautiful. <laughs> well, we, we did have we had um six dogs at the time and we really were not looking to add another dog for obvious reasons. And we had also I I think I had four birds at the time and they, you know, everybody deserves some attention. And when you start adding too many back in, then it becomes an overload. You know, we're trying, we're, we're taking them from a hoarding situation. We don't want to put them into a new one. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so when you, when you brought Piglet into your home, I, I loved watching some of the videos you shared because he seems so full of life and energy and just enthusiasm. And he doesn't care that he's blind or deaf. He's just full of life and he's ready to play. And I love how um, in your book, you kind of describe the lineup of dogs when he enters. And I just, I love how you describe all of this um, so well in your book. So what was it like to bring him in amongst the other dogs and start training him? Well, he, he might have, he was very tiny then. Of course he was one pound and he is still tiny at six and a half pounds. 
but he he's he's not a pushover. He's a very feisty, really, really active dog, and he wants to be part of everything around him. So he's not interested in this right now, as you can see. I'm gonna put him down here. Um, but he he came in, everybody just sort of accommodated. You know, we all kind of um asked him what he needed, he made it clear what he needed, and we went with it. So Seriously, he was very, very troubled when he walked in the door. He had <laughs> severe anxiety. I'm sorry, he's going to bark now. Oh, it's okay. Hold on, let me grab him. Piggy, come on. You come with mommy. Um, he was very, very anxious, and he was really upset when when he when he came. But with time and a lot of holding, we we were able to figure out really what he needed and and how he was going to fit in here. And he fit himself in. He's very, very driven. He he wants to know what's going on, and he. And we figured out a way to communicate. We taught him tap signals. We held him a lot and he um, made himself at home. Yeah. I I love that you, um, you work very well with him and you found new ways to communicate. And I think that's really important for, for everybody, whether it's working with a pet or working with um, children or working with new groups of people finding new ways to communicate. So I think that's really special that you did work with tapping and uh, breathing as well. Yes. I, you know, he, come here. What? He wants to play now. He's, he's ruining this whole interview. <laughs> he's a character. It's about the dog. So he's the star. Come here. Get over here. All right. Here he is. Um, what I did was I figured I, I spoke to friends who have deaf and blind dogs and I had already been involved with the re that rescue circle of special needs disabled pets because of Gina, who is a double Merle Aussie Border Collie mix, who's deaf in one year. Uh, I wanted to have some help in dealing with her. She can see in here, but there were still issues. So I already had these friends and they gave me very nice advice about how to um, work with him with tap signals. And essentially it's just training and teaching a dog just as if you would teach another dog. I'm sorry. I don't know what he, I think he wants to actually do his tricks now. Okay, but let's do it. He wanted me to have him on the floor. I can show you exactly what we did. Maybe that, that would be awesome. Is that okay? Yeah. A few minutes. So let me just, I'm going to, I'll move the camera down, um, okay. down to here and put it onto the floor. Okay. Okay. All right. I wasn't planning on this, but if he, this is what he wants to do. This is what we're going to do. So I'm sorry, I'm wearing socks, but this is, I hope this is informal. Um, so here's Piglet and here's his, and you sit next to him. You come on over here. Sit. So what we did initially, um, I can sit down on the floor, so it's not just paper on the floor. But anyways, what I did was initially we wanted him to sit and do his regular tricks. So I, um, Instead of saying sit to him, I tapped him. What to get a dog to sit in the beginning, you hold food up above, above their nose, and of course, their butt goes down. Once he was learning, once he understood that that's what I wanted him to do when I put the food up here, I just started tapping him back here and giving him a treat. So once he figured out, and it didn't take but a few minutes, that I was actually trying to tell him something with a tap, he was really, really game for doing other tricks and other other communication through tabs. So we taught I taught him to do down, wait, 
which is just a tap on his nose. And that I did by sitting, just standing in front of him while he was holding still and then giving him a treat. And he's so smart and so, so involved and uh, eager to be part of what we're doing that it, it also only took him but a few minutes to realize that I was actually giving him a treat for sitting still. Yeah. So here he is sitting still. I'm giving him a treat. And then the blowing and the, the hold, hold on, you're not supposed to get up right now. Sit. And, oh, he wants to do, he now he wants to do all of his tricks. So he wants to do, <laughs> he's really funny. Do it again. Okay. He'd like to have a little cookie. There you go. So what I, with the, with um, blowing, we, we, um, I normally call him over to me like this with a tap under his chin. Here, sit back down. There's a little bit of air current in here because of the air conditioner. But if I blow to him, then he comes. Oh. There he is. He's wow. he coming right along. And I'm going to get back up here because I don't think you want to do this the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, we taught him all of those nice tricks. And then he also knows other tricks um like go to your bed and all of these things we taught him in similar fashion to how we would teach any dog mm -hmm. so when you get them to do the behavior whether they're doing it on their own or whether they're or being coaxed to, to do something they um once you start rewarding them and 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 making it clear you're marking that behavior with a positive reinforcement, then they do it again. And then we can add the tap signal or a verbal cue. So that's yeah. what we do with him. And he has a bunch of tricks he can do. He knows to go pee. He knows go to your bed. He knows to wait before he's going to eat and um, all of that. And now he's he took a nap all morning. <laughs> now he's going to wait. He to play. And, sorry about that. And I love that. Um, so with your ability to foster dogs and train dogs. How, for me, I feel like if I would try that, I would end up with a house full of dogs. How easy is it or how hard is it to um, to foster and then give them to another home? Well, you know, there, people have, there's a lot of people fostering dogs and cats and other pets because it's a, it's a segue into them moving to a home in, in many cases. If we all kept all of them, then the people looking for animals would never get one and we would have too many. So I think seriously, when walking into a foster uh, commitment, you do know that's what you're there for. And a lot of people joke around about foster failing, but most people that are, are seasoned fostering parent, you know, foster parents to animals understand what the purpose is and the purpose is to, to take those animals let them decompress, get them adjusted into a home life, learn about them so that they can then be matched with the right permanent home. And a lot of times dogs, especially dogs, we're talking about dogs here coming out of shelters where everything isn't known about them. Many times they don't succeed coming into their house. Many times they do. But the fostered dogs do have a, maybe a little bit of an advantage because they are with people in a home environment and we can really sort out what their um, ultimate home might look like to some extent. Yeah. So with, with my situation here, I have had, we, we have fostered other animals and we have given them to other homes. This was really, truly not planned. And we... Um, 
now they're opening the door by themselves. <laughs> um, and so we we really were caught off guard with this, with picking. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't planning to keep them. Well, and it seems like a lot of things have really just unfolded with Piglet, Piglet's story and coming into your life, including inspiring countless children across the country and probably across the world, too. Um, I think you were talking about or maybe it was on I watched uh, you've had many news appearances. So you were on with Lester Holt and you were on the Hallmark Channel and all kinds of places. Um and there was mention of a third grade teacher was teaching the piglet or a growth mindset using piglet as an example, because, you know, everything that he is embodies so many important lessons of, you know, embracing differences, teaching empathy, um, not letting disability stand in your way, believing in yourself. So many things. Yeah. And so they coined the piglet mindset. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I. I had my Facebook page. We were raising money for dog rescues using Piglet's platform and Piglet, the disabled dog. Um, and she was on our page. She left a comment telling me that she was going to show her students videos of Piglet in her growth mindset lessons. I didn't even know what growth mindset was then, but I do now. And of course, he does. He embodies a growth mindset. He, he lives a growth mindset every minute of every day. He's there facing his challenges in a positive way. He's uh, he's optimistic, he's perseverant, he's flexible, he's resilient, and he brings out empathy in others. I don't know how empathetic he is, he is a dog. But um, adding to that, it started out as growth mindset lessons with uh, the teacher in Massachusetts who did coin the phrase piglet mindset after growth mindset. And then we added inclusion, acceptance, empathy in the inclusion in the inclusion um, section, and kindness. And that we call Piglet's Inclusion Pack. So that actually came from another teacher that I was in contact with, who's in Alabama. And we, that got started when we started to co collaborate some and share ideas. That was a lot of fun, also. I bet I saw videos yeah. of yeah. kids wearing their little headbands and they had piglet ears on them. They, it's and just so I, I actually made these. Um, I don't know if you can see it here, but oh um, yeah, uh, this is Piglet's inclusion pack card. It, it's a little out of focus, but anyway, this is a um, their membership card that, and here's a picture of all the dogs on the back. And uh, so we give these cards to the kids who are learning about Piglet in their classrooms, along with stickers, which I I showed you before. But they get these stickers. And there's a Oh, there's Piglet Mindset too. Um, so if teacher, when teachers are using Piglet Mindset materials from our online curriculum, we like to collaborate and we like to communicate with the teachers and hopefully that will lead to virtual or in-person visits that we can do with them to enhance the program. They get to ask questions straight to me and the dog. And uh, I show them the tap signal demo and it's really a very nice program. There's no there's no drawbacks at all. Yeah. We're not worried about um, core curriculum, numbers, points, or anything else. It is it is truly to come into growth mindset lessons and the teachers that use it and the kids that are um, participating love it. Yeah, uh, There are some that want it to be something that it's not and 
they're missing out. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, I just think it's great that you have, well, you have lesson plans on your website. And, you know, I think it's because of COVID, a lot of things did go virtual. So it's probably allowed you and Piglet to virtually see so many more classrooms. Yeah, and exactly. it's probably a lot easier on him too, you yeah. know. Being was, able to do these things from home and not yeah. have to, but he, from what I gather, he's pretty social, right? Well, he, he actually loves to travel. Aww. He loves to do his uh, virtual visits for sure, because as you just saw him doing, he, he wanted to do more, but he does like to travel. He likes to go into hotel rooms. He like he, when he goes into a hotel room, he maps the room out very quickly. So he knows where he is and then he wants to play in the hotel room. But when he goes into schools, he also has a has his, his routine that he's developed and we work with um, over the years now because it's been a few years. And when he goes in, he knows he's going to be here in his little stroller that he comes in. We're going to give a presentation. He's going to come out and with the other dogs do his um, uh, uh, tap demo. We're going to talk and have questions and then he'll take some pictures. So he's he is disabled. He, he's processing on much, much less um, ability than a, a normal dog. So we do take that into consideration. We're respectful. We tell the kids we need right. to be considerate of what his what he can do and we uh, plan accordingly. Stop it. Um, but in any case, they, um, yes, so he, do, he, he enjoys it. He loves to be in the front of a picture and he loves to get his treats. So he's good for either. And you're right, we, we, we were able to reach many, many more through the virtual visits, which by the way, we had been offering anyways before COVID. But I saw many classrooms last last year um, and you know into this year, it was a lot of fun. And and I think it was a nice break for the kids that were they were online all day. At least this they were getting right. dogs, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um you also have so when when you say he goes into a room and he kind of gets a feel for it and maps it, do you feel that his um, sen other senses are kind of heightened because he lacks the hearing and the visual. He, you know, he, he's a dachshund chihuahua mix. He's got a good nose to start with because he's a hound, you know, dachshund. He's, yeah. he's, but I don't think he has a better nose than other dogs. I think he has learned to use his nose yeah. in a more optimal way to in a more effective way because he has to. And there are plenty of dogs like him that don't really care. They're much more laid back. He is a very intense dog. So he is determined to know where he is. He's determined to know who's in the room, who's come and gone, and, and what is in the room. So if he goes to a new place, he maps it out very quickly by just walking around. He'll you know, bump into things here and there. He does it slowly. He's not a frenetic dog. So he's not looking to crash into things. He's actually paying attention and, and mapping it out using his sense of smell, but also his sense of touch is very important. He, he taps things with his nose, his body. And then of course, his paw pads can sense different um, uh, ground coverings, changes in ground covering. And then he remembers them, puts it all together. So he's got a file. He also meets people and he smells their breath and then he knows who they are. He likes some people more than others, some people he's not so crazy about, but he is constantly cataloging. There's there's no question that's what he's doing. So yeah. he is a dog that pays attention and he 
uses the senses that he has in a very, very much more optimal way than a dog like this. If I, you know, if I put put her in that in, in a situation where so there's something new in the room, she looks at it, she walks away. He's like, you know, having to investigate and make sure that he knows every last detail. Yeah. That's the way he is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Now now they're the other dogs are barking. Yours pro might might get mine barking if they hear it, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> someone's walking in the house. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to talk about your new book, Piglet, which comes out. It comes out um, August 3rd. Yay. And I love this book. I was fortunate to get copy before it came out and it is so heartwarming. And I see that you co-created this with another author who um, is one of the authors of The Pursuit of Happiness and countless other co-authored books. What was it like to co-author with oh, her? It was, it was really a lot of fun, first of all. It was necessary because I'm a veterinarian and laying out a book, a full length book would have been very difficult. I had a lot of ideas. We We wanted to write a book before this book deal happened, but so working with it, and the author, the, the writer is Mim Eichler-Revis. She's in California. We're in Connecticut. We did this all by phone. And we went through and dug up. I, I never would have dug up the things that she dug up that we put in that book from my childhood, from Warren's childhood, yeah. from Warren as my husband, um, and just things that happened along the way as we are married and uh, had had our three kids. Our kids were asked to to recall different events and stories that happened along the way as well. So we we really took a lot of time to think about what would be uh, useful and what would be interesting to put in the book, which some of the things we were, we really didn't think would be um, appropriate. And she said, no, 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 you know, this is what we're looking for. This is going to be interesting. So we are looking at this thinking, we hope people want to read about yeah. our lives because, yes. well, it's about, it's Piglet is the name of the book. There is more to the book than Piglet. And, you know, I'm a vet and a lot of, there's a lot of um, veterinary related stories about becoming a vet and setting goals to become a vet from, from my story. And then what it's like to be a vet. And there's a lot of really, I, some of the most, I picked a few uh stories from my house call practice that, you know, with people that I've interacted with for a long time that I think, I hope people will enjoy reading, you know? Yes. I'm, I personally did. I, I loved the book. I could barely put it down and I had it on my nightstand. I'd wake up <laughs> at night, read it. <laughs> okay, really I'm glad. Yes. So I also see you have on your piglet shirt. Yes, I'm wearing. I, I'm going to show the piglet shirt. So these these shirts we just designed, and it's um, it's kind of long. The next round is going to be a little bit more compact shirt design because I can never tell exactly when we design them and put them on the on the site. So this one, this is the book. It's called Piglet: The Unexpected Story of a Deafblind Pink Puppy and His Family. So his story is unexpected. It's about Piglet and our family, as we discussed. And, and like I said, there's, there's tons of the information in there also, just, just information that people can take into their own lives about dogs, about dog training, 
and like I said, set, setting goals. And, and so I'm hoping that it's enjoyable. I'm hoping that it um, will, will keep people's interest and then that they will take something away that either um, facts or lessons that they can then make their own lives a little better as a result of us adopting Piglet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And- and I love that you also do a lot of charity work as well. So um, you, oh, you, you work with, yeah, with disabled animals too. So I, we, um, when, when I, do, when I adopted Piglet, when we adopted Piglet, not just me, when I decided we were adopting Piglet um, <laughs> and told my husband that we, I, I made a promise to myself, really a commitment that he would have a productive, meaningful life. And I meant that very seriously because I did not need another dog. I have this little dog here, Zoe, who's a lap dog, and I wasn't looking for another one. But when, as it turned out, I started, uh, I, I looked for um, products that I could send easily to people around the world. And the first one I came up with is, is this, which is funky. Yeah. And I sold hundreds of these myself. And I sent them all around the world to countries in Europe, Israel, South Africa, um, probably not China, but many, many countries far away from here, in South American countries, um, and then almost all the states in in the U.S., Canada. So I, I sold these and then I moved on to other products and the fundraising kept going, kept going to finally... um, we, we landed with these t-shirts and I, I, I told you before, I, I raised almost a hundred thousand dollars with the t-shirts Incredible. In, in, and I sent all this money to dog rescue groups, probably over, probably around $50,000 to start with over a couple of years. And then we created a nonprofit to support our, um, our educational program as well as the dog rescues. So we're, I'm building that financially because I want to be able to expand our program, the educational program. And then, so when I do these fundraisers, some goes to the dog rescues and then some goes into our nonprofit. So um, that's kind of how all of this has evolved into the nonprofit. And having a nonprofit is nice for people who do want to make donations because then the donations in the U.S. are tax deductible. So it, it all has evolved this way. And, and, as as we're growing the the bank account for the nonprofit, we I I'm hoping to expand the program by hiring some help to um, maybe get some teachers on board to advise and create materials, and then I'm even thinking that we pull in a few dogs like Piglet and other parts of the countries uh, of the country where we might not be able to get to easily to go in and visit schools. So that that's where I'm. That's where I'm headed. That's awesome. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, that's so cool. I was gonna say, what are what are some of your big plans? And it sounds like that's kind of what's on the horizon. Yeah. And and of course, your book coming out in you know a matter of a week or so. Yeah. It's, that's so exciting. Do you have? Are you doing any kind of like a book tour or yeah. anything like that? We're do, we we have five we have five virtual book events. They're book. They're called book signing events, but they're virtual, and that's because of COVID. Yeah. So, the the links to those events are on our new website, which is pigletthedog.com. My regular website is pigletmindset.org. That's where all of the piglet mindset materials and information are. For the book, we wanted to have a central place 
where the book events would be, and, and this is all on Piglet Mindset as well, but so the book, bo the book events are on both uh, websites, but people can go and sign up for the virtual events. Oh, Yesterday, just arranged with this, a store in, in Plainville, Mass., which is where Piglet Mindset was born, to do an in-person event on August 10th. And oh, we're going fun. to travel up there. It's about two and a half hour drive. We're going to have an in-person event with Piglet and Trisha Frigeau, who is the teacher who I worked with and still do, who's the third grade teacher in Plainville. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. It's so nice to get back out and do in-person events. Yes. And, and we're going to take safety precautions. And it is at the, at a, the bookstore called An Unlikely Story, which is a really, really cool bookstore. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that part too. Yeah. You know, there was something that that struck me in your book. Well, a lot of things, but there was one part where you're talking about, you know, some kids in the beginning throwing rocks at, at ducks. And you thought, what's wrong with these people? You know, and I find myself yeah. thinking that a lot about anyone who is unkind to an animal or anybody who's unkind to even another person. You know, what's wrong with these people? And so you look at the story of Piglet and all that he's overcome and all that he continues to do and flourish with. And in a way, well, he is, he's changing the lives of kids and installing empathy without even, you know, not being preachy or anything, but he's, yeah. his story is teaching empathy to people. So hopefully as time progresses, <laughs> yes, people won't be so horrible. <laughs> no, you know, I, you know, the animal model, of course, is extra engaging to kids. Yeah. It, it's a, it's an easy, comfortable uh, way to learn. And Piglet, um, is it is disabled on top of all that? So there's he he offers a very nice in, inclusion model as well. But when the kids, he's disarming. His story mm -hmm. is disarming, and we you know teaching empathy. A lot of kids need to be taught empathy. They don't. It's not automatic in every person. Yeah. So when I was I, that was me running, and my friends were actually throwing rocks at ducks. I was in high school. Oh. I was livid. I, I, I really, it's, it, it's a moment that I will never forget that feeling. And I, and my friends that were doing it will never forget it either. Because <laughs> my reaction was not very nice. Oh, and yeah. I, it was very quick. And I, and I made sure that they remembered because how dare them? Yeah. Even if they weren't hitting the ducks to scare them and to hurt them, they were minding their own business in their own habitat. So when I, one of the things I do when I go in and talk to kids is I do insert a little bit of animal welfare into everything we do. And Piglet's story is about Piglet as a, as a dog who faces challenges in a positive way. Our dogs include him, but he is also a rescued dog. He was homeless and he could have ended up in a really horrible place. Yeah. So we make sure that the kids also learn about rescue. All of our dogs are rescued and about animal welfare and, and being kind to animals. And that's part of the, um, the, the membership requirement of Piglet, uh, Piglet's inclusion pack is to always be kind and considerate to all. So um, shall I read this? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, but to be in, in Piglet's inclusion pack, you need to have a Piglet mindset. And that means that you face challenges with a positive attitude, accept others for who they are, include others despite their differences, 
show empathy and compassion towards others and take action, which is not on the card, and then always be kind and considerate to all. So in that is that is Piglet's message to the kids when when we're teaching and the teachers are using our materials. That's that's an ongoing theme. And yeah, we're my goal is that they don't throw rocks at ducks and that they think about uh, throwing rocks at seagulls at the beach. And that when um, their parents want to cut a tree down, that is that there are baby birds sitting in nests in the top that they say, wait, not time yet, you know, and 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 just be thinking about others in nature, you know. So, yeah, I'm laughing because we had a, a bird make a nest on top of one of our ladders and we went, oh, man. And so we left that ladder alone for right. you know, like, something before we exit. <laughs> I know, you know, otherwise you're just harming animals. There's no yeah. point. Everything can wait unless it's, there's a fire, you know? Right. So, right. You know. And I bet that through you sharing this wonderful story that you will inspire future veterinarians, you'll inspire future generations to be better people. And I'm sure that, I think that you said that you also have adults that share stories with you from time to time of how you've changed their life already? Uh, yes. Any favorites? I get, you know, I get, I get letters, I get emails, letters in the mail, as well as comments and messages on Instagram and Facebook. So, you know, there are, most of the followers, of course, are adults. And these are people in all walks of life coming to Instagram and Facebook to, to, to have a break and to um, see Piglet in action. But many of them really do use him as uh, a motivator to get up in the morning. They might have an injury or they may have a chronic illness and they can't wait to see Piglet in the morning. They turn on their computer to see Piglet. Otherwise they'd be sleeping. Just simple things like that. You know, who would think? That's not what I ever expected from Piglet. One woman actually sent me a note and said that, her aunt was dying for the last week while she was in hospice. This woman brought her piglet t-shirt. Her aunt liked the shirt. She wore the shirt literally for the whole week while they watched piglet videos every day. And she died wearing the shirt. That's chilling to me because I did that, you know, yeah. <laughs> I made those yeah. shirts and I made somebody that happy in their last hours. And yeah. that's, that's very, very, it's a very emotional thing for me to think about. Yeah. And the other, another little bit more upbeat kind of thing is that Piglet um, also reaches p- the parents of kids who are disabled and they, for, for whatever reason, are just inspired and, and just it lightens things up a little for them. And, um, and then teachers who I share Piglet with, of course, they're sharing it with the kids, but they're also moved by, by the whole um, project. And one, I, I worked uh, with some girls who are deaf and their questions for pig about piglet are just, you know, they, they took it one level further. You know, they were relating and identifying to him because he's deaf and they yeah. were so happy to hear that. Uh, I wake him up the same way that their parents wake them up when they're sleeping gently with the tap. Another teacher told me I, I visited a classroom and the kids were really, the, the kids had um, various learning disabilities and they were very, very excited to hear that, that we 
we offer accommodations to Piglet because in my presentation, I talk about accommodating his disabilities, his, his limitations and his needs. So um, to give him access to life, a, yeah. a, a good life. So anyway, they, um, they were really excited that Piglet gets accommodations also. Yes. So, yeah. And, and I'm approached by people wherever we are telling me how, how excited people are about our book coming out now about the educational programs when we're going to be at an event, people contact me. They want me, they want me to set up an event so that they can meet Piglet. <laughs> yes. you know, it's pretty, it's a lot of fun really for me. I bet. And what's the best way for people to um, buy the book? Okay. Well, there's the book, the book website is pigletthedog.com. Okay. And that website has pre-order information. And then the book will be out on August 3rd, of course, in bookstores. And then my website, pigletmindset.org, I, like I said, also has that information on it, as well as all of the educational materials and other, other activities that we do. Very nice. profit. Yeah. And before we conclude here, I'll just play a video <laughs> that is one of my favorites that you sent. So here we go for everyone who's watched. <laughs> I I watched it so many times. I know. He used to run it. We used to have a crate in the middle of the kitchen that he would eat in. And it was really in the way. And we didn't want to move it because he he really did that around it, which was a happy dance, his yeah. twisty dance. Yeah. But we did actually end up moving it because it was in the way. It right. was filthy. And we taught him a new trick. So now he does something instead of running around the crate like that. He sits and he waits, and then I give him a little tap signal um, to wait before he dives into his food, and then I give him an okay, which is a little tap over here for him, and then he and then he eats his food. So we we change things up. He's he actually you wouldn't think he's as flexible as he is, but he's actually very flexible. That's yeah, part of a growth mindset. It's part of a piglet mindset. Yes, and I love his happy dance. I love all his little. Yeah, he twirls, twirls around. I mean, it, it it's because he's blind, but it's it's extremely adorable, and and he seems happy when he's doing it. Yeah, so I call it his little twisty happy dance. Yes. Yeah. Well, people who are interested in reading more about Piglet, there is the book. It is amazing, and you should definitely check it out. Um. Thank you, Melissa, for being here today. Um, thanks I'm for having so me. Excited for you. Oh, I have to add one quick thing. Yes, you didn't. You didn't get the 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 final copy because that's the galley. But in the final copy, there's <gasps> a whole spread in the middle of actual color photos, which came out really amazingly well. Oh my gosh, so that's a, wow. another incentive to get the book. <laughs> yes, and you know, I was. I have to admit, I was so excited to get this book in the mail. I ripped open the package and I accidentally ripped my cover a little bit. So right, cause that's a hard, that's a paperback uh, cover. We have to get that to the, uh, regular, the new, the new copy. I taped it back up. I went, man. So anyway, my, my book's a little different. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank it's a lot you. of fun to talk about Piglet for me, as you can yes. tell. Yes. <laughs> So everybody, go check out Melissa's new book, Piglet, The Unexpected Story of a Deaf-Blind Pink Puppy and His Family, available August 3rd. And thank you, Melissa, for being here thank today. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon.